Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, Albie, nearly... My goodness, uh, 11 hours ago, you and I recorded, you made your triumphant return to the All You Can Eat podcast after I being suspended. Indeed. I did indeed. It's a different show with Sap. It's a different show with Sap. It sure is. Is that you fantasizing that you would wish you would be married to Sap instead of I'm pushing of me? you. No, Alice. <laughs> doesn't go to that, to marriage, I don't think. But um, Only but, podcast. But Sap will be back. He's a good, okay. he's, he's good. We, we'll have... We'll, Bring some other people in there too. I mean, obviously, I mean you can do it with other people too. But our, our schedule is just effed, so we're just—it's just very hard just to get stuff content out. So here's my thing. Oh yeah, so subscribe to the All You Can Eat podcast if you don't mind, or just give it a listen. There's all sorts of little tidbits in there today. I think it was kind of full of kind of interesting information. And I think that's the value of the show because a lot of this stuff is interesting. Mm-hmm. Just food and restaurants and and trends, et cetera. And it's a it's a break from politics. Um so yeah, please do subscribe to the All You Can Eat uh podcast. Is that good or do you want more else? That's good. Okay. I approve. Nice nice tease of the All You Can Eat podcast. We but no, a- we talked about Oreos, we talked about Big Macs, we talked about what else did we talk about? I don't remember. I it's in the show description. <laughs> it was so lifetime so ago. Long ago that we don't even know. Outback Steakhouse is closing. Cheese disappearing. Um, Velveeta shells lawsuits. I mean, all kinds so, of things. Le- let's mm-hmm. use that to get right into the huge viral social media spat between Jen Royal and a diner. And uh, I'll just read the Yahoo version of this. Nobody fights this with her from, own customers actually, this is from more Car- than Jen Royal. This is written for Fox News by Kerry Byrne. Hold on. By Kerry Byrne who worked at the Herald when Jen Royal worked for me at the Herald. Mm-hmm. Viral social media spat between Boston Chef and New York Diner ignites death threats regrets. A spat between a Boston chef with a history of making sizzling headlines and a dissatisfied LGBT activist from New York has whipped up a social media flame war that included death threats and the lingering bad taste of regret. regret. Jen Royal of Table shut down and or made private her personal 
in restaurant accounts on Friday following a dust-up with a former reservation holder named Trevor Chauvin DeCaro after he took his beef with her restaurant to social media. Wild story incoming. Last month, we had to cancel our Boston trip after I was hospitalized, Chauvin DeCaro shared on X on Thursday. As a result, I had to use travel insurance to get my money back on our hotel, train, and restaurant reservations. Today, I got this message from At Table Boston. That's Jen's, one of her restaurants. Post included screenshots of uh, Royal's response. Hi, Trevor. I own Table Restaurant in Boston, she began in the segments shared by on X by Chauvin DeCaro. I just want to personally thank you for screwing over my restaurant and my staff when you disputed your cancellation fee of 250 bucks. I really hope in the future you have more respect for restaurants, especially small businesses such as mine. Pathetic. Chauvin DeCaro then replied to Royal, sharing disappointment and shock at the tone and content of her outreach to him, according to the exchange. My stomach turns with the gross decision to search for, find, and direct message a customer like this, he wrote in response. The decision to reach out to a customer with such a scolding and disparaging message is frankly astounding. The exchange generated over 20 million views in the first 48 hours. It also quickly turned ugly when death threats against both parties apparently resulted. Uh, he says, I do not condone, condone the onslaught of reviews, harassment, and certainly not death threats. I, too, am getting them, and I wish that, no, that on no one. I'm shocked also to learn that Jen is receiving death threats. I do not feel that way. I do not feel that way and reject these. He appeared to suffer social media regret in the fallout. I do not condone, yada, yada, yada. Um, the exchange led to a debate about customer and small business ethics while also preventing, presenting warnings about the power of celebrity and being outspoken in the digital age. Royal is a well-known figure in Boston food and media scenes. She once covered the New York Yankees for the Yes Network and appeared as a contestant on The Taste on ABC and beat Bobby Flay for the Food Network. They didn't mention her days at Boston Herald Radio? They didn't mention those days. So anyway, so let me just say this about Jen Royal. When we started Boston Herald Radio, which was the online radio in 2013, mm-hmm. Jen Royal, I don't know where we got her name, but um, she had just been a sideline reporter for like the Yankees, and I think the uh, Baltimore Orioles, and and we paired her up with John Mita Perel, mm-hmm. or maybe he was, he, maybe he suggested her. Um, and so to do our show called Sports Town, in general, it's funny because the thing about Jen was, uh, she was a lot of fun. She was a lot of fun. She brought in her own producer. She was a media person, so she knew how to get stuff and do stuff. She was, she was fun. She was very pretty. She still is very pretty. She was very pretty to the point where they, I believe, and Jen probably remembers this, they covered her up she was very um she's not afraid of cleavage not afraid of cleavage right and um and uh um, harold toned it down they toned it down which i thought was a mistake because she was <laughs> fun with it and she was great and she was she was very positive very um you know eventually meter left you know you know everybody who worked for the herald or herald radio initially wasn't really getting paid they just got promo or whatever they can bring in their own mm-hmm. ad sales I think Jen um, Jen might have even had some some folks. She was a very charming woman and and fun to work with. And she was, I think that she was probably disappointed, along with some other people, that we weren't getting a huge listenership at the beginning. In other words, like no phone calls, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He felt very alone. So when she was stuck alone, she was not in... Oh, yeah. I ratted her out to you mm-hmm. at least one time because... 
she was like complaining and watching the clock on yeah. Boston Herald Radio. But which is the other side of like you how know, many more minutes do I have to fill? Yeah. Okay, eighteen. All right, I'll keep going. Like, well, that is tough though. I mean, it is tough. You know, well, yeah, she, but, she had not been a radio host, but that's unprofessional. But so was the station in the sense it was new territory. I think that's so, unprofessional, but some of Jen Royal pretty well. Well, no, no, but Jen was fun. Uh, but she was fun, and when we would go out and do live remotes, she was really great. I'm she, sure she was. She would give you the skinny and all the sideline girls and the, the like uh red Sox reporter girls and like who what they were up to who they were sleeping with she was great mm-hmm. and just very fun to pass the time and she had a like she had, I, I i enjoyed her at the at the station eventually eventually it wasn't going to eventually it wasn't going to work and we we're going to say goodbye and but she seconds before that happened because she was so influential in other departments i think she caught wind of it and she just kind of quit seconds before mm. uh, I was going to say sayonara. But um, but back then she used to bring and cook for us. Mm-hmm. Me being a fat guy and she being a, a great cook. I remember her incredible calzones and stuff. Oh, man, she was such a good cook. Such a good cook. And just a fun person. Just a, a fun person. Um, So then when she ordered, when she opened the restaurant, and I'd seen her a couple times since then. We we had her on subsequently since she opened the restaurant. She was foul-mouthed and just fun. She was fun. And I like her. I really do like her. So when she opened the restaurant, um, I, I, I wasn't surprised that it was a hit. It's, it's an incredible thing to go from being a sports reporter to successful restaurant tour. And it takes incredible, headstrong like energy. And she has that. As you can see, you know mm-hmm. she has that, but she from the beginning was was not in was was like f you if you had a problem with her restaurant. She was that part of it. She could not contain herself. Well, uh, and it's sort of an atypical restaurant, also, which makes which it kind of like complicates things. Table Boston is it sort of has this like viral like people swear by it thing but it's communal eating yeah which is so, to be a nightmare but so she sits people at communal tables with like it's a 125 dollar person flat rate for the meal and you sit at a oh ta- is it really yeah oh I and you sit at a table with other people that yeah. you don't know and they serve you out of like a communal dish everybody like you're a family which is Kind of a gimmick and kind of also makes it cheaper and easier for the restaurant. Sure, but... There's no, like, allergy but, accommodations. There's no, like, special people orders. people opt, opt into the gimmick. Yeah, people opt into the gimmick. So yeah. she's cleverly decided to make something that makes it cheaper and easier for the restaurant operations into, like, a selling point of the whole experience. Which, right. like, people buy into. So good for her. It's not my thing. She, I wouldn't really do that, but, like... I, you know, if people want to go do it, it's great. I'm sure the food is great. Yeah. She's incredibly headstrong. Like, even, like, she would lash out at me in subsequent years, like, because she knew I was writing columns that were pro-Trump mm-hmm. or just not pro-Hillary, whatever. And so, like, I think she turned on me. I think she's, I don't think she's a fan anymore, but. Yeah, she feuded with someone from Fox News for a while, too. Do you remember that? Yes. Twitter? Yeah. Well, who, who was actually kind of a nasty person herself, the person she feuded with, who, but, but. But like personal wise, I I've heard some nightmare stories of people who have interacted with her, and I know that she can be a hothead. But I don't 
I think that she's kind of uh, lovely and fun, or I, I found her to be lovely and fun. And, and I think I think John Mina Perel, who worked with us, probably felt feels the same. Um, but man, she's a hothead. For somebody who hates Trump, she is Trump. <laughs> it's interesting. She, there's no doubt. Well, do you remember during COVID? Oh, that's the worst. That was the worst because that was just dumb. During COVID, she was salty that people were using her gift certificates to eat because you know the restaurant needed actual cash revenue. And she didn't. She thought it was like cheap and underhanded that people were using their gift gift certificates, which was dishonorable. In, in yeah, you already have the money from the gift certificate, right? You were advanced the money, the cash. You've got it in your pocket right now, and so because there's a the COVID thing, we're not supposed to use this stuff anymore, which is just absolutely. I mean, it's also illegal, but it's you know extremely. It's pretty incredibly entitled to go out there and say like don't you dare come into my restaurant and use a gift certificate and like call people out publicly this is not the first time she's publicly feuded with a customer of her restaurant on social media oh no she which is, is astonishing behavior for a restaurant i'm sh- i'm shocked it took this long i think it, for it, is, it to like go seriously viral and yeah national she messed news. with the wrong yeah. dude you, you know and i'm not i'm i'm not surprised that that it, that it happened um so that's where she is now and I, I don't I, I assume that she'll never I mean, she probably should not be doing her own media. I understand. She probably should have somebody do it. If she can't handle it. It's like, it's kind of like Pod Horitz on Twitter. John Pod Horitz, who's a thinking, sober, disciplined intellectual on his show and in the pages of Commentary Magazine, but is a madman on Twitter. (laughs) He's an effing madman. I've never seen somebody so bad on Twitter. So, like... Of course, in his case, you like it. I'm all for it, because I think it's very interesting. Um, but these different platforms just bring out different parts. People just, I don't know. I but don't doesn't know. it feel a little bit like, I mean, like you say, she should probably pay somebody to do it, at least on the like restaurant's account. But she probably needs somebody talking about how she's Trump. Like she probably needs somebody to take away her phone well, when yeah. she gets the urge to have personal exchanges with customers. Also, you know, so uh, to me, that feels like amateur hour that she can't either pay somebody to do it or keep it under control herself to do it. And it's also it also feels like amateur hour that like you saying amateur amateur hour or amateur amateur okay. amateur. I don't know how to say it. I don't know. Amateur. You look lovely in a turtle deck. You look Thanks, great. Honey. Today. Um, You're welcome. It feels like amateur hour that your business can't eat. So the thing she's upset about here that was he canceled using his travel insurance. And apparently one of the things that happens when you cancel using your travel insurance is they, you know, contest reservation fees for things that are covered under the reservation policy, like illness. Right. So they contested the charge. And apparently he also did call the restaurant and somebody or his partner called the restaurant and somebody, whether or not it was Jen Royal, told them to contest the charge if they were so butthurt about it, which is sounds like something Jen Royal might mm. say, potentially. Like, I, she claims now nobody in her restaurant would ever say that, but it's uh, it comports with other things that people have said about their experiences in that restaurant. And then, and then they contested the charge, which they was okay because... You know, you can contest charges. That's fine. And um, and she flipped out. But if you're 
I mean, people contest credit card charges with relative frequency. Like it's not, it, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's something that if you run a business, even a small business, people are going to contest charges from time to time. Your business should be able to survive somebody contesting the charge for their reservation fee. Of course. Because canceled reservation fees, by the way, are already like kind of BS. Don't you think? Um, not necessarily. I mean... You can really F a lot of people over. You, you can F people over. However, do you think it is smart business to when somebody calls you up and says, I was in the hospital, can you waive the cancellation fee? Which, uh, by the way, is as much as the meal itself would be. Do you think it is smart business to not let them? I, no, I do not. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not smart business to waive any cancellation fee, but a cancellation fee that's $250, it is really not smart business. You are asking to have charges contested if you routinely charge people $250 for a meal that they do not eat. Well, right. And I would also say that to invite people to sit at a long table of 50, the kind of personality that might be into that is red flaggy to me. <laughs> you think they're going to contest the charges frequently? Who knows what they'll do? Capable of anything. <laughs> um, but like, like so, I, and I think about it, you know, as a guy who was a hotel concierge, obviously, I would have been if if we knew that she was torturing our guests. Yeah. Oh, that would be that would be she would be blacklisted. They would be blacklisted forever, unless of course she was taking care of everybody, and she's probably street smart enough to be doing that. I don't know for sure. I don't even know if restaurants still do that. Some in the North End certainly did do but that. But like, even though you take care of people, it... I mean, like, I just, as a concierge, wouldn't you, like, be leery of sending people to her because you don't know who's going to come back with like a problem because yeah. it seems to be a relatively significant percent of people at her restaurant end up having problems <laughs> well i mean i don't know if that's true i mean she's a great cook she's a great cook i think the food is probably awesome mm -hmm. i think that her business practices set her up to have a higher percent of unhappy people than some other restaurant models, right? Yeah, if you go hunting down Yelpers, who some of whom aren't using their full names, but you hunt them down and find them, um, <laughs> that's... I mean, I'm into, obviously, crazy. But also, her business model, like I'm saying, her business model is like... We don't do allergies. We don't do customizations. You get the food you get. You sit at a table with these other people that you don't know. And we charge you 250 bucks to do it even if you don't show up. Amazing. Like, I mean, that is a business model mm -hmm. that sets you up for customers having problems with you. Well, it's Compared very... Compared to like where customers get to order what they want. It's very kind back. of a prima donna, like Wolfgang Puck thing that, that okay, you're going to be allowed in, you know. Well, right. And like people buy into the gimmick, like you say, but you have to be prepared for the fact like and she clearly is comfortable telling people to F off if they don't like her business model, which she does. Once but again, like, I'm into it. But so. no, I know. But I, all I'm saying is that like. That's a particular setup and a particular model where you're going to end up telling people to F off 
a large percentage of the time, larger than a, a typical North End restaurant with good food, which she right. is a North End restaurant with good food. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. And she has get created a... a situation in which she's going to have these problems. Oh, absolutely. And and a, a, a high end restaurant like that is going to attract high end customers who are some... used to getting their needs right. met. Right. And I, and I have found, I have found that um, that LGBTQ uh, folk, uh, not even just gay men, um, cosmopolitan gay men, are alphas. And I would think twice <laughs> in hospitality before taking a shot at them. It would, but you know, she didn't know. But but that's fine. But but that's why. She's been playing Russian roulette for how many years yeah, has this place has. been open? Probably, Six years, maybe? Maybe more. What's this, what year is it? 2024, right Yeah, now? probably eight or something, yeah. Like, if you tell customers to F off enough times, sometime you're going to hit the chamber that has the bullet in it right. where the person has enough social media clout or social justice clout or whatever to come at you. Right. And like, I, you know, so if you create a restaurant model where you're necessarily going to just tell people to F off some percent of the time because you're not going to accommodate their needs because you're doing the restaurant you want to do, which is fine. That's allowed in life. You've created the situation. And you're not mean, shy about telling people to F off. Right. And you take it to a high level of like social media stalking and harassment. And then... I mean, and you do that for enough years, like you're gonna hit the wrong person. Like it's just it's a matter of numbers. I'm on Team General. I'm a general guy. I like her attitude. I like. I used to t tell the um, Jerry Callahan knows her, and so does Kirk. They, he, she was like the Flash girl for the Flash as in Sports Flash girl for the their show for a bit, like a, a fill in, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was doing Jerry's show, I was like, you got to have Jenna on, man. You should have Jen Royal in here because she, she lives the, right down the street from where Jerry lives. Mm -hmm. And um, and Jerry grew up with sisters, so he's like, yeah, not into crazy. He was afraid of crazy. <laughs> you know, I didn't have sisters, so I... You I like crazy? I, I would love Jen Royal to stab me to death. It's... All you have to do is go eat at a restaurant. <laughs> and I'll give her a bad like... review and just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of um, crazy, Alice, uh, your buddy Fanny Willis, her lover, who she's paying for, uh -huh. or um, her her lover's uh, law partner is Terrence Bradley. He was on the dock today, and they're trying to establish the timeline of when Fanny and the guy Wade started their love affair. Because if it predates twenty twenty two, then then there's a problem. Now this mm -hmm. guy apparently was right there for it predating 2022 and they put it to him in court today and he had a problemo. Willis and Nathan Wade were in a romantic relationship, correct? Correct. And um, it began at the time that they were both municipal court judges, correct? I... Objection, Your Honor, based on privilege. Overruled. Okay, overruled. I do not have knowledge of it starting um, or when it started. Um, Terrence, you told me that it started when they were both municipal court judges, though, correct? That is incorrect. When you told me that it started. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When, when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton, where did you gain that knowledge from? I'm going to object because his testimony a few minutes ago is that he did not recall making that statement. By the way, how many people in and around Fannie Willis, Willis are going to perjure themselves? Yeah. Rule that, Mr. Bradley. Answer the question if you can. Repeat the question. <clears throat> when you told me that their relationship started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton, where did you obtain that knowledge from? Oof. It was, I was speculating. Um, I didn't have a, um, Oof. no one told me I was speculating. No one told you that? No one told me that. You were speculating based on things that had been told to you or things you had observed? So I'm going to object as to uh, the nature of, uh, this line of questioning because the witness has made it clear he was speculating. Can we pronounce this case against Trump dead? I mean, at what point? The more people see this. Right. Uh, it gets worse all the time. As to how or what he knew. And if it's speculation, it's inadmissible before this court. All right. But the motivations for his reason for speculating would be admissible. So I'll overrule that. Thank you, Judge. Was this speculation when you told me that? Was that based on... Things that had been told to you and things that you had witnessed. I never witnessed anything. So, so um, the perjury. you know, it, it was speculation. I can't tell you um, anything specific, if that's what you're, you're asking. They're not making lawyers like they used to. Can mm -hmm. you tell me anything specific as to why you speculated about that? No, this was however many years ago. I mean, I... However don't many. I call, but no, I, I don't. Did you have any reason to lie? I don't know if speculation is lying, but. And Judge, I just want for the record, because sometimes the record doesn't reflect where people are looking, and that when I ask a question, Mr. Bradley is looking at Mr. Wade and his lawyer to wait for them to object, and they're clearly interacting somehow in the court. So I just want the record to reflect that, because it wouldn't otherwise. So there we go. Not bringing their best once again. Yeah. There's been a lot of not bringing their best lately. We talked yesterday about the um, Adam Rubenstein story. Chick-fil-A. 
yes, about the New York Times and how everyone didn't believe him that this happened at the mm-hmm. at the New York Times during his orientation that he said to Chick Fil A sandwich and nobody believed him. Well, it turns out that uh, all the people who were like, "I can't believe the Atlantic doesn't fact check anything," blah 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 blah, the Atlantic did in fact fact check this story and inquired with several of Adam Rubenstein's colleagues that he worked with at the time that he told this story to in like October of 2019 contemporaneously with the account. They talked to at least three, including Barry Weiss, um, who tweeted out what those editors would find is every word here is true. Adam Rubenstein told me and other colleagues this story when it happened. Uh, John Levine, for what it's worth, Adam Rubenstein told me the chicken sandwich story in 2019. Um, Evan, I don't know how to say that name, but Evan something says, I have a clear as day memory of having lunch with Adam Rubenstein in New York City in October of 2019 for the Fire 20th Gala and asking about his new job at the New York Times. And he told me this exact same story then. So mostly it's not made up. Right. Unless he made it up five years ago and just held on to it all that time. The Atlantic spokeswoman says that uh, they confirmed the details with New York Times employees who had contemporaneous knowledge of the incident in question before going to print. Um, A lot of these big national outlets still do have like actual fact-checking that happens before the story goes out, and they did, in fact, fact-check this. And uh, unfortunately, none of the people are going to apologize for any of this, I assume. No, they never have to apologize. No. It's amazing. But it is a fantastic story. It's fantastic. Um also some of like the absolute worst takes that are out there. Um one person who was upset at the criticism of setting yourself on fire as a form of protest tweeted out You can't protest peacefully, you can't boycott, you can't hunger strike, you can't hijack planes, you can't block traffic, you can't throw molotovs, you can't self-immolate, you can't tackle politicians, you can't march, you can't riot, you can't dissent, you can't just be. Which, of course, people especially reacted to, I mean, like, of course, almost none of those are legitimate forms of protest, but um, certainly hijacking planes, most people would not consider a legitimate form of protest. And uh, not only has he not locked it back and the tweet is still up, like, I can't believe you can't hijack planes anymore. People criticize you that it's not a legitimate form of protest. Right. Um, There's people out there, like, actually defending it. So um, one person retweeted and said, reminder that plane hijackings used to be perfectly normal and were mostly (laughs) nonviolent. 9-11 was an outlier in the first of its kind. So yeah, so remember all the nonviolent uh, protesting pro- protest was, hijackings. Right. Well, th- there were some violent ones in the eighties, certainly in the seventies. It is true that mostly they like made demands and the plans landed somewhere. Well, mostly they wanted to go to Cuba to be free, uh, but uh, but yeah, but the Israelis dealt with some stuff, and so did. Uh, TWA flight, what was that one? That flight where they killed some passengers, including an American. I forgot which one that was. It's my mind's too. Hijackings used to be perfectly normal and nonviolent, honey. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love the uh, like uh, terrorism. Way, terrorism nostalgia. Yeah, I'd love, by the way, to see you hijack a plane without being violent. 
Well, now it's tougher than. Well, ever. but they don't just you don't you have to like have some kind of threat of force. You don't get to just like show up at the cockpit and be like, "I'm hijacking this plane now." By the way, can you just let me take over, please? Um, you have to have like a knife or something, right? Uh, generally, or the risk of having a gun or a bomb. Yeah, yeah. They don't just hand the plane over to you if you say like, "I'm peacefully hijacking this plane now." No, it's not like passing a note <laughs> at a bank. Um, I want your actual, your actual, and I'm not trying to debase you or degrade you or whatever, okay. or trying to. I'm not, I'm not trying to bring this show down, but I don't want to know what you feel about this New York Post story, saying orgasms rewire the brain to create a long-lasting bond between sex partners. I mean, I think it's true. You do. I think sleeping with someone creates a bond between. You. Yeah, but this doesn't say sleeping. It says orgasm. Well, yeah, but generally that's like one aspect of. Oh, you're like the guy, the Fanny Lewis guy. So, so, are do orgasms create the bond, or does the sleeping with? Well, it uh, doesn't it release oxytocin. Wow, I is, didn't read the article. I don't know about oxytocin. I don't know what that is. Oxytocin is like a bonding chemical. Really? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. You know what? I'll go ahead and take a look at the article. Oh, no, don't worry about it. I, I just wanted to. I don't. I don't let even you know. To... I bet it mentions oxytocin. Let's find. I don't even want to go that deep. I just find it interesting. I would think that. I would think that the rest of the relationship dictates the orgasm, rather than the orgasm dictating the bond. Because, you can be, uh, you know, Mount Vesuvius of orgasms guy but if she's mad at you or it's on the rocks and it doesn't matter and i think that especially because we're talking about i'm talking about women guys are always there so they don't have to be rewired they're into it. <laughs> but with women i think if something's happening with the relationship and you're not into each other or she's not into the guy <clears throat> then i assume that those orgasms go away mm -hmm. I, I would think that i mean yeah chicken or egg right like i think that it's harder to orgasm with somebody if you don't like them if you effing hate them or resent them or like have it, yeah i would think but then i think that like having an orgasm with them also makes you like them more i guess i, I was thinking it's like of, of like couples so i guess like if somebody's just hooking up then i guess that, that would be because i guess because and once again this is all on the female side because you're sharing a heightened sense of intimacy Right. Because generally, I don't know this personally, but just talking to other guys, women all seem to say the same thing when that moment comes. Well, <laughs> arrives. So, do you guys go over that? Is there a script no, that has to be the same thing? No. No. And why do you let the guy know? I mean, I guess I don't have to. No, I don't keep it care. To I'm not telling you. This is not an action item. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> you don't want them to know. I just think it's very interesting that just just that I've heard from friends mm -hmm. essentially that they all say the same thing. So what is the, I don't know what is I the man? But you must have heard from women when the woman is declaring this. <laughs> what is the man supposed to do? I don't know. I mean, I don't you don't know. know. You must have friends who are women. I don't know what men are supposed to do. I, I give up on this topic. All right, Alice. What's the hot sauce? That's the Chelsea Fire Wicked hot sauce. 
And they bring us the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline where you can leave a message for the show if you go to burnbrowlpodcast.com. Guys, feel free to leave messages on the chat chat about this here because Alice Shattuck is being cagey. Cagey. Not Kevin Garnett. No, I'm not being Kevin Garnett. You're not being Kevin Garnett. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, what a day, huh? Mm-hmm. Hello. Hey. I wanted to uh, talk about the W towns like Lexington <laughs> and Wellrose. <laughs> Wellrose. <laughs> Come on, Alice. Step up your game. No kidding, dude. Wobbin, Wellesley. Is Wobbin one? I don't know what that's supposed to be. Wobbin's a town, Mass. Wobbin, Mass. W eight. Is it? I guess so. Oh wait, or T stop, like on the Green Line, like E line, or am I thinking of Quabbin? The Quabbin Reservoir. Get with the program, okay? Yes. Tom. Also, you mentioned something about shoplifting in yeah. your in the last podcast. If I recall, you've been shoplifting constantly. From one of the largest retailers in New England. True. Oh, I put a couple of uh, cans of sardines in my pocket, <laughs> Alice. That is not shoplifting if you mistakenly <laughs> leave the establishment with uh, items. That's not shoplifting. That's unknowingly. It goes to motive. I am a trained lawyer, so I can talk about this stuff. It goes to motive. It's called Civ Pro. You know what that is, Alice? Civ Pro in law school? Uh, civil... Me and Jane now. Civil procedure. Okay. I don't believe in carrying a basket. Uh, I yeah. don't believe in carrying a basket. Yeah. It's so pedestrian. Well, I didn't think... It's about... It's about the basket or the carriage is about um, efficiency. I'm trying to get in and out, in and out, in and out. I don't want to... So sometimes I use my pockets. <laughs> sometimes I use my pockets. I'd rather weigh down my cargo shorts. With <laughs> I'm literally wearing cargo shorts right now. And I don't. Why are you laughing? By the way, what's wrong with cargo shorts? What's the problem? I don't know. They have a bad rap for some reason. But why? <laughs> they're very useful. Yes, I keep dogs. And they're cute. All the dads at the Little League games all wear their cargo shorts. <laughs> why wouldn't you have cargo shorts? They're great. Lots of cans of clams. <laughs> it's true. And wasn't Michelle Fields? Didn't she sue Corey Lewandowski yeah, for he put his arm? He put his hand on her arm. Mm-hmm. He didn't rough her up. I saw the video. Yeah, I remember. He didn't grab her, yank her, push her to the ground. He took her forearm because jogging. she was following Trump and yelling questions. And now she's not on Fox anymore. So yeah. there you go. So there you she go. She felt jostled. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, a special. Sp- Bought in my heart for Michelle Field, so I do not, uh, I do not judge. I do also like Corey Lewandowski. We have shot the breeze on the air a few times, and um, we we get along well. We get along well. Although I always hate him for sleeping with, uh, what's her name? Who, who did he sleep with? Hope Hicks. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, that hurts. And potentially the rumor mill says he slept with Christy Noam too. Yeah, that hurts too. So freaking Lowell dude nailing all the hot republicans Ugh. shouldn't bother me like it does <laughs> i don't think he knows that it bothers me you ready i'm ready 
hey, this is Joe Biden going down the border. Let's see people down there eat tacos. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh. Uh, oh, uh, have you ever noticed blue tastes different than green? Oh, 2000, year 2000. Oh, uh, uh, vote Biden. Um, we had different color tacos today. Yeah, purple tacos, orange tacos, and regular tacos. Hold on, let's fill. Um, good, job. <laughs> good job. Oh, does. <laughs> okay. Hold on, let me get more Jill Biden drops for you. you ready? Is. Ready? Mm-hmm. Breakfast tacos. Yeah, she called them the breakfast tacos of the Bogodas, right? Yes, this is Dr. Jill again. Hold on. Hold on. And I think she spoke to them in their own language, did she not? As a matter of fact, she did, Alice. I'm glad you uh, remember that, because I'd like to rejoin that right now. So say it with me. Si, se puede. The future is ours. Jesus Christ, this country's aft. But I have to call her doctor. What up, BB crew? Hey. What up? <laughs> Just got myself an Arby's roast beef here. Oh. I know Tom was talking about the, the I believe it was called the spaghetti factory. Yes. It's not made of spaghetti, but they're spaghetti. And probably more Italian dishes inside. How do you know this? Apparently, this is a national chain. Did you know this? There's a spaghetti factory and the spaghetti warehouse. You went to the spaghetti warehouse. They're oh, both oh, chains. Okay. Um, but um, it just reminded me, like Tom in there, and oh. I keep giving him um, like bowls of spaghetti, oh. bowl after bowl, dude. And then he goes, "That food, that food, I can't." I eat don't know that I sound like that, <laughs> sir. Anymore. Then they're like, uh, "How about an after <laughs> after dinner mint?" I couldn't hear you dinner, mate. <laughs> this is a Monty Python scene that's happening here. <laughs> and he pops when he eats it. <laughs> you bastard. Uh, Monty Python. Yeah. Anyway, that was a good roast beef, Arby's. Anyway. <laughs> it should be roast beef and cheddar, and you should have a bleep load of horsey sauce. Horsey sauce, one of the few condiments at a fast food restaurant that is actually hot as hell. Oh, I got some Mike Sells potato chips with it. Leftover. By the way, Justin, there is part of me that feels like you should be shot in the head for chewing, chewing and on talking. the line. Yeah. Leftover Arby's in the first cup. In a met and a met. It's only the fact that I'm interested in the in the Arby's food that I'm tolerating this abomination. Mexican Coke with real sugar. Will you stop eating more stuff? He's like De Blasio with a freaking <laughs> Um <clears throat> I'm more of a Buka guy myself, Buka de Peppo. Dude, I tweeted from that from the Super Bowl in, um, in, um, where was it? In Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. And I didn't realize when I was in there, I'm like, this place is incredible. That's a huge chain, too. That place is, that place is so good. That's when I was going there. Um, yeah, I was supposed to, Kerry Byrne, the guy who wrote the thing about Jen Royal that mm -hmm. we just wrote, I said, Kerry, come on down to the Super Bowl. And um, <clears throat> let's hang out. We'll have some beers, et cetera. Because he worked for the Herald. And he's just a guy who knows how to get things. Like two hours later, he's on the way to the Super Bowl. And I said, hey, let's go out. He goes, yeah, you bring your crew to meet my crew. And we'll meet at like this party or whatever. I couldn't get to the party. I had no crew. So I went to this Buca de Pepe place alone, pretending I was with my crew. <laughs> it's freaking incredible. But what they do is they give you, and this mm -hmm. is good for all you can eat, but still, what they, they give you, Alice, 
I almost made out with a man, the waiter, because as I'm about to leave with my leftover like linguine, mm-hmm. he said, would you like a container of Alfredo sauce to go with that? And I was like, holy God. If he had asked to take me bodily, <laughs> sexually, I would have said, no effing problem. I like their Italian dishes. Yes. Family, family portions. Great place. Really good. They got one in downtown Indy and Greenwood. Oh. I, my first one I went to was at. Um, I feel like we might have gone there Vegas. in Indianapolis. Did we? Um, pretty good. I pretty feel good, like um, I've been to one Italian of those. Food. Maybe with Jane. Did we go right. to one of those with Jane maybe in Jane, Indianapolis? I, I don't Bye. think that I went to one of those. I I I was. Oh, maybe I don't think so. But it was. So, let me tell you something else. I will. Uh, the next man who offers me Alfredo sauce to go. I will have in bond over the uh, orgasm I'm having, thanks to uh, to Traxelplane. What? What's the chemical that happens from orgasms? Ventramaclick. Oh, oxytocin. <coughs> oxytocin. There we go. Now let's clean it up for a second, Alice, because we're about to be visited by our friend Allison Bishop. Music. Okay. Keep it clean. Okay. Hey, Tom Nellis. It's Allison from Ohio. I haven't hey, called in a while, but I've been listening. And I was listening last night, and I was excited that you uh, played a clip from Brad Palumbo. I love him. Yes. Uh, he hosts my second favorite podcast. You guys know you're my first favorite Based. podcast. But um, every week with a girl named Hannah Cox, and they're right. libertarians. He's definitely a right-leaning libertarian, as you know, I'm sure. But check him out more. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really interesting. He also hosts a, co- a podcast called Damage Control, and it's about taking back the LGBT community from the far left. So it's, it's worth a listen. It's interesting. Anyway, love your podcast. Love you guys. Thank you, Allison. Say hi to Peter for me. And peace out. Hey, you too. Allison Bishop, by the way. Go to allisonbishopmusic.com. Yes, Allison, you'll be happy to know this. Not only that, but since I tweeted him, he now follows me. So, oh, wow. So I think we're going to have him on the burn barrel. That's incredible. Wouldn't I hope we great? do. I hope we He's do. great. I He's like great. Him. And Allison has great taste. We have to get her back on the All You Can Eat podcast, too. By the way, who would know that some great musician chick who's, you know doing all these gigs is like a is a libertarian who knew you know isn't that great incredible would you ever think you think jules a libertarian you think fiona apple's a libertarian no no probably not only allison allison bishop is she's very cool she's fantastic best of the best ellis best of the best so say it with me see say the future is ours Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you want to listen live, if you're into that and uh, you want like extra content and stuff like that, patreon.com slash burn barrel. Of course, you can find the show for free wherever you listen to podcasts. There's links um, on burnbarrelpodcast.com. That's also where you can find the red button to leave a chat chat message. Smash that button. On the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline show, smash all the buttons, I guess, and uh, have a great night. Say la vie. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details